Sports Radio 610 presents Payne and Pendergast. Into the 7 o'clock hour we go, Payne and Pendergast. This was um, Brian McTaggart, who covers the Astros for MLB.com, tweeted this yesterday. He, of course, was at the Astros game yesterday. Hunter Brown was pitching. Astros prospect Hunter Brown allowed a single and struck out two batters in the first inning on Monday, but he will not survive the second. He walked all three batters he faced. This is on the heels... Okay, that's, that's McTaggart. This is me talking now. This is on the heels of last week, Seth, when you and I were there, and Hunter Brown had major control issues in that outing as well. He kind of sloughed him off by saying, you know, my stuff was good. You know, I threw some sliders. And guys weren't swinging at it. Like, okay, well, <laughs> yeah. they may do that in the regular season too. Um, I tweeted this yesterday, and I was accused of fear-mongering by a, uh, by a listener this morning. Um, I tweeted that... Um, I retweeted McTaggart with this comment. I said, this, Brown's control issues, combined with Lance McCullers' injury is the first crisis for the 2023 Houston Astros. Yeah. Am I fear-mongering by saying this is their first crisis uh, of the you year? You are uh, you are 100% fear-mongering. What are you talking I, about? Yeah, I, well, I felt like it was a tongue-in-cheek comment because I, I don't, nothing in spring training is crisis. Unless uh, I don't know, you do have a tendency. You get you have a tendency to overreact to some of the spring training stuff, um, and I feel like I feel like it's born out of years and years of understanding how little spring training really matters in terms of the outcome of re- like the the results aren't as important as the process. And I feel like uh, now that you've now that you've actually forsaken that a little bit, you've you've overcorrected in the other direction. I would. Um... I agree with what you're saying about spring training in general. Yeah. What I would say as a counterpoint, so that I'm not painted improperly, quite honestly. <laughs> crisis, is, you said. A crisis is that just specific to these two players, Hunter Brown and Lance McCullers, yeah. it's a pattern. Hunter Brown, is, that, that's his, if he has an Achilles heel, it's that he has control issues from time to time. Mm-hmm. If Lance McCullers has an Achilles heel, it's... Not his heel, but it's his elbow. Yeah, like yeah. It's, 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 yeah. So these are two things that... Uh, th- these aren't just brand new things. These are two yeah. things, and the confluence of that, combined with Verlander no longer being here, combined with this being a team that that on the sh- that that got to where it was last year more than anything else on the strength of its starting rotation, the ability mm-hmm. to conserve the bullpen, they were able to do that because they had six at times seven pitchers they could throw out there and yeah. feel good about. There's yeah. four right now that I feel good about. That's a big difference. You know, once but, you get to the postseason, yeah. four is fine. Right, but this is going to be a more competitive I, division this year. I, I got okay. This is why it's not a crisis. You have four guys that you feel really good about. Okay, that's a that's way more than most major league baseball teams. And I think that there's times I, I feel like 2017 through 2019 spoiled this somewhat because the Astros had at, at times historically great offense or historically great defense or both in those in those seasons. And it got to the point where it felt like, wow, you got to have that or you got no chance at all. When actually, I mean, they, they, they won one meager World Series in that time, Sean. One. It was pathetic. It was embarrassing. Yeah. Um, so I, I think that I, having four really good starting pitchers and then, frankly, Hunter Brown, who's had two appearances so far, um, Lance McCullers, who will be available at some point. But, yes, I agree that that's, that's concerning that – He's already starting off where he is right now. Um, but then after that, I guess it comes down to, you know, does it end up being 
a Brandon Bielak, a Forrest Whitley, a J.P. France, or, or somebody like that, Parker Mashinsky, uh, like as your fifth starter, which still, Sean, if you have four really good starters that you feel good about and one guy that you're trying to figure out or maybe you got to trade for at the deadline, you're still way ahead of the curve. No, I, I, um, I'm, not, I'm not here to say they're going to win 78 games this year because of this. Yeah. But this is yeah. a team that's trying to defend a World Series championship. The margin for error, especially with no more Verlander on this team. I'd be worried about this if it, if Verlander were still on the team. I'd be worried just because this is your this is your top prospect. You know, Hunter yeah. Brown is your top prospect, and Lance McCullers has arm problems again. I, I think it's a. I, I think the word crisis is what got people accusing you of being a fear monger. Yeah. But I don't. You know what? I don't think you're a fear monger because I think that you actually feel that way. Yeah. So it's not like you're sitting up there in, in, in your pulpit trying to sway people in a direction that you feel it shouldn't be swayed. You really feel like people should be out rioting in the streets right now over this. <laughs> No, 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 I don't. <laughs> I do not. You do. I, you feel like <laughs> no. you're, you're afraid that people are going to pull their deposits from the Estropolis that they're building down around the stadium. I hope they do. It'll open some spaces up for me. Yeah, Where maybe. are we on that, by the way? Have you talked to your contacts with the Astros? No, the no. I'll, I'll find out. I'll, I'll, I'll find out and, and uh, get an update the, on that. The multi-use retail commercial uh, oh. I don't know, maybe industrial spaces that they're building around yeah. the, the stadium. Yeah. The, the hotel, the renderings are awesome. Yeah, I would like there to be some light industrial. <laughs> Just go ahead, you know, some some tech type stuff. Let's Absolutely. do that. Let's make let's make Houston more of a hub for everything. All right, so um, this is uh, these are some texts to the trailer wheel and frame text page about this. It's Sean fearmongering over this Hunter Brown Hunter Brown control issues combined with Lance McCullers elbow. We've, we're getting it from both sides here. Um, okay. 7799 says, you weren't, Sean. It's a legitimate concern. Lance is down. Hunter is still unproven through a whole season as a starter. You're telling me Whitley and Belak are the safety net? Let me pause right there. Yeah, Seth, you just casually dropping Forrest Whitley's name into that as some sort of solution. I'm not letting that, I'm not letting that go. And that maniacal laugh isn't helping either. Uh, the guy says, that doesn't make me feel safe at all. Those sound like cocaine bear odds. <laughs> Uh, 6186, Sean, you are not fear-mongering. They need to go get another starting pitcher. Yeah. 4854, here's one in favor of Seth. Good Lord, thank you, Seth. Can you tell the other shows? Jeez. Yeah, I'm a bad baseball sports radio guy because I don't panic. I'm very uh, – last year I I'm was – here. Yeah, 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 but it's uh, I'm a wet blanket. <laughs> I'm a wet blanket. On, I'm a wet but comforting blanket. I'll I'll wrap you in a blanket. Uh, I'll I'll bring you in from the cold and be like, thank you, Seth, for saving me. But gosh, this is a wet <laughs> blanket, blanket that you wrapped soaked. me in. <laughs> Nothing about this feels as good as it did. I said, shut up. Put this lotion on. <laughs> Enjoy your blanket before I bring the pillow Enjoy. out. Enjoy your lotion-soaked blanket. <laughs> if you don't enjoy the blanket, you're going to get the pillow. Uh, this one says, uh, this is a text of the trailer, Wheel and Frank text page 2161. I think his fear of coconuts is now affecting Sean's analysis of the Astros. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm seeing those coconuts in my sleep, man. I feel people are burned by Odorizzi, too. They feel like, oh, there's no possible way you can improve the pitching staff. Yeah. Great. <laughs> you know what's funny? The expectation level with this, with the franchise overall. I need yeah. to remind people there's a new GM who has not done deals like this. You know, Dana Brown, he's, you know, he's on his, like his fourth week on the job. But there were people replying to my tweet like, oh, i got to go trade for Corbin Burns now. Like, you can yeah. just go get Corbin Burns. Like, yeah, no problem. Just trade. Trade for, now, I think Corbin Burns could the ace for Milwaukee. 
uh, could become available. You know, he's a little sideways with the team over losing his arbitration case, and he won the Cy Young two years ago. The uh, you know the Astros they've done a brilliant job of taking a pipeline that was supposedly bereft and barren and getting a lot more out of it than people thought they would. the The problem is still you know is as as the rating services think of your pipeline, so will other teams, and the stock that you have to trade with just isn't as great as it once was. Yeah. You know, there's not a um, there's not a likely boy. Except at the same time, I mean, this is a franchise that went out and got Verlander for just about nothing. Yeah, <laughs> you know, like they found yeah. a way, they figured out a way. That was with Jeff Luno, of yeah. course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's why I'm saying, like Dana Brown, like this 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 may become a test for him at some point this year. Is improving the pitching staff or getting it to a level where you feel as good about it as you felt last year when you won the World Series. Getting a lot of react on the trailer wheel and frame text page to uh, to all this. Um, six, five, five, three. Got to run out Forrest and see what he has. Forrest uh, Whitley did pitch two scoreless innings over the weekend. Yeah. So there was that. Yeah, he uh, – I, I mean, Forrest Whitley, you know, has – it's not like it's not like he's blowing people away with his stuff or anything. Like I don't think at this point you're trying to justify his draft position. You're just trying to get a viable, healthy pitcher yeah, out of him. Yeah. And I think that that's that's what so far he's shown. If you hadn't had this five last year purgatory of him, not to mention all of the various drama that's gone along with it, because it hasn't just been injuries. It's been a PED suspension. It's been showing up not. Physical in good physical condition during the COVID year. It's been a lot of weird stuff. It's been weight fluctuations. So now it feels so far like, okay, you know what? This might just be a guy that took a while to develop. There hasn't been any drama other than injury in the last couple years. So he might just, he might actually be a viable number five option. He's going to be a guy who was a first round pick out of high school who's still going to be under team control at the big leagues at like age 32. (laughs) It's going to be wild. Um, a lot of people uh, text uh, – there's people backing up what you said, Seth, is maybe I chose the wrong word. Crisis is yeah. – crisis is kind of a – you know, that that's a that's an extreme word. Um, uh, eight – I'm sorry, 6909, 6964, both saying um, hurdle should have been the word that I used instead of uh, crisis. Oh, first, it is a hurdle. That is hurdle. exactly what it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So there's that. Um Oh, oh, uh, 0082, Seth is right. We're talking about the fifth and sixth pitchers. Last year, we were worrying about the nine-hole hitter. We are spoiled and fine. I admit we're spoiled. Of course we are. You're trying to we win are, a World Series. We're spoiled, but we also know just from experiences that that you can be the best team in baseball by record and not win a World Series. So there's never there's never a, a spot in a Major League Baseball season where you should feel like, oh, yeah, we'll easily win the World Series with this roster just as it is. Yep. That's what makes it so fun and yet um, so, so gut-numbingly awful, too, yep. is knowing that no matter how good you are, it's, you got to face – you got you got to go through multiple – series to get to the final prize the other thing that has people worked up this this is the 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 article that's trending the sports article that's trending the most on the chronicle right now is the report from uh jim wyatt who writes for the tennessee titans website longtime beat writer in tennessee uh who started his own website now he does stuff for the team he has a mailbag that he does every week of titan fans emailing in questions and there's a titan fan that asked about the possibility of the titans wearing the oilers uniforms as their throwbacks this year <clears throat> and and Jim Wyatt doubles down on something he had said earlier or said said in 2022 
He says, nothing has changed from what I've said previously. The plan is to wear them for a home game in 2023. The exact game is still TBD, but I've already said I suspect it will be for the game versus the Texans. Wouldn't that make the most sense? I hope this happens for a couple reasons. Seth, as you pointed out earlier, this does have serious blow-up-in-the-face potential for the Tennessee Titans. The other reason I hope it happens is, let's face it, these are two teams that I don't think are going to be very good this year. I think the Texans will be improved. And I love the trajectory that they're on with D'Amico Ryans, but I don't think they're a playoff team yet or anything. We don't even know who's going to play quarterback for this team. I think the Titans are a team that is seriously downtrending. This may be the storyline that buoys what would be a battle between two like five-win teams in December kind of thing. These, yeah. two, these two teams played in Week 16 this year. If they play in Week 16 again next season – this might be the storyline that carries us through that week. You know what I That's mean? Where, yeah, and I, look, the the Titans, the Titans could be a beautiful train wreck this year. It might be really bad. I mean, they're they're talking about trading Derrick Henry, or there's reports that they might be considering trading Derrick Henry. Um, you know, the guy who they really between AJ Brown and Derrick Henry, that's what made Ryan Tannehill look like a viable. NFL quarterback. That's what made that offensive line, frankly, look better than what it actually was. I, I think the Titans' offensive line was more of a product of Derrick Henry um, than, it, than it was anything else, even, even though they did a good job when he was injured that year. I'll give Deontay Foreman credit for that. Yeah, um, yeah this it might be a mess. It's not, not as simple as like, oh, hey, we're going to wear the Oilers jerseys and put it on the Texans. And I, I also think this, I think this is a tone-deaf move by the Titans organization itself. As they're trying to raise money for a new stadium, they're going to waltz in the the uniform of the Adams family childhood that means nothing, like absolutely zero, to Tennessee Titans fans. The, the Titans were the Oilers for one year when they played in Memphis in 1997. You know who's nostalgic for that? The Memphis Oilers? Me! And like 17 other guys who played against the Oilers in the Liberty Bowl. One of the trashiest, nastiest stadiums I've ever set foot in. High school through the NFL. Just disgusting. It was like there were open sewers in the locker room. It's pathetic. Pathetic by the Memphis Oilers. That's what they're going to be nostalgic for. My God. The Adams family couldn't be more clueless on this. Then they're going to go get, then they're going to get drubbed in front of their fans watching their team wear, uh, wear, wear a uniform they care nothing about. As, as, as the Adams family also has their hands out, palms up, looking for public money for a stadium, presumably. Hey, would you, um, if you were the Buffalo Bills, would you trade your first round pick for Derrick Henry? He's on the last year of his contract. He's he's on the last year of his contract. Uh, he's he's set to make ten and a half million dollars this year. Yeah. But can you? But they can't run the football other than with Josh Allen. Can you imagine Derrick Henry and Josh Allen I, in the same backfield? Th- this is the problem. It's like it, the running back does not make the entire rushing offense, and the Bills have a hard time, you know, getting anybody to run well. Like the kind of like the two thousand. 2021 uh, Houston Texans. Texans. Yeah. So I don't know if that's the panacea. Like, yes, he'll just like he did in Tennessee, he'll make the guys in front of him look better. But to think that that's what you're going to do is trade for a running back, especially guys got an injury history um, and, and has a certain style that you think it's not going to age all that well over time. I don't know, man. I don't think they should. Would not you a tra- first round. W- would you trade yeah. a two? I would trade a two, yeah. Two, yeah. yeah. I mean, it's a late one for the Bills, but still. 
Uh, I would go with the two. I would go with the two as well. I mean, if you're talking like you got to be, you got to be a really good team to use a draft pick, uh, like a late first round pick, justifiably on a running back these days. So I can't be a a good team using a draft late first round pick to get a veteran guy with an injury history who's already getting paid a lot of money. Yeah, well, I mean, the Niners traded it, and I know they're different style players. They traded a two, a three, and a four for McCaffrey last year, yeah. and it worked. Yeah. <laughs> you yeah. know, so. Um, yeah, just, you got me thinking. When they you said also it. did it mid-season. Yep, they did. They did. Uh, all right, Payne and Pendergast with you. Um, today is franchise tag day in the NFL. Um, there are some big potential news stories. Could a deal be coming for one quarterback, a deal that's way too big? And what happens with Lamar Jackson? We will know by the end of the day today, a little franchise tag day summary and how this impacts the Texans as well. That is next.